Today on Maranatha Radio, Pastor Ray Bentley brings us insights on the power available as explained in the parable of the sower. The seed, the Word of God, which is like a seed, has life and power in it. It can bring life even to your body and your body, yes, even this body, can be filled with the Holy Spirit and experience the presence of the glory of the Lord. Spread news of His people coming down before the King. Lift your voice, Jesus is coming, join the song. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. One of the miracles of the Christian life is that we get to spend eternity in heaven. But one of the often forgotten miracles is how much of heaven comes to live inside of us here on earth. We'll discuss that today as we explore the gospel of Luke chapter eight. Here's Pastor Ray to begin our study. Hopefully your Bible's there in front of you. There are really two stories that we're going to share tonight. One is about actually uh, the first four verses for my sisters in the Lord tonight. We're going to talk about these first four verses, an unusual group of women who ministered unto the Lord for his ministry in a very special, a very unique, and a very personal way. And I think that there is a need in this day where we are preparing, I believe, for the second coming of Christ, for women who are similar of heart uh, to minister unto the Lord for what he needs to accomplish and what he desires to do in our day. The second story we're gonna tell is a parable, a very famous parable called the parable of the sower. And it talks about the sowing of the seed and four different kinds of soil as we shall see The parable is really a story about four different kinds of hearts in which the seed, which is God's word, is planted. And you want to make sure that you have good soil or a good heart. All right, let me read to you verses 1 through 4 of Luke chapter 8. It says, Now it came to pass afterward that he went, speaking of Jesus, through every city and village preaching and bringing glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him. And, so we know the 12 were there, but the emphasis here is on beyond the 12. Verse two. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, various sicknesses. And then he begins to mention them, Luke does. Mary called Magdalene and Magdala is actually a little village along the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Magdala was the village where she was raised. So there were various Marys, but the Mary of Magdalene is essentially what it's describing there. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. And Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's steward. Now Herod, we know the name of Herod and part of the, uh, there were actually a lot of Herods without getting into all the complication, you know, there were just a lot of guys named Herod within that family. This is one of them. So one of the kind of the ruling class there within Israel, his wife was a believer. You never know in whatever circles there may be, 
whether it's power, prestige, the upper elite social class that have positions politically or whatever, God has those who are his in every strata of life. And then there was Susanna uh, and many others who provided for him, for Jesus, from their substance. So here are many women that ministered in a unique and particular way to Jesus and something that actually the Holy Spirit inspired. As Luke is writing all the miracles and all the stories and, and uh, of all the things that Jesus did, he begins this eighth chapter by noting and then by naming some of the unique individuals who were women, who were followers, who were disciples of Jesus Christ and who ministered to the Lord in a very uh, special way. Jesus is continuing on with his itinerant ministry and uh, it was not unusual for a rabbi, a traveling Jewish teacher who had an itinerant ministry to receive gifts uh, from friends to support him so he could spend all of his time in the word and in prayer. So Jesus is carrying on as it were with that Jewish tradition. And he begins to, as he ministers, he doesn't really ask for anything but there are people that notice he doesn't have anything. And they have been personally touched by his ministry. They've been healed of a sickness or perhaps they've had demons cast out of them. They have, they've had a, an eternal life transforming experience. And apparently they have pretty much left their lives as they had known them and are to the best of their ability and upon a daily basis following Jesus and his disciples and saying, what can we do to help? And they provided for the practical needs of Jesus, which probably as basic as food. As Jesus and as those 12 are getting ready to lay the foundations for the church and for the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, uh, they had basic practical needs. They needed food, they needed some provisions in that way. And here is this group of women who provided and took care of the physical needs of Jesus. I want you to note that Jesus is God in human flesh. And yet he is at the same time fully human, fully God, fully human as a man, who is humble enough to allow himself to be in a position to be needy and to have something that women could provide for him that though he could you know, turn the stones into bread, he did not use his miraculous powers as we know in that way. There is a place for all of us to personally touch, step into the story, if you will, minister to, become part of what I believe is this end time work of God, the kingdom of God, the whole gospel going to the whole world until the gospel has reached the whole world and then the end will come. We have an opportunity to participate in that and provide in some way. I can only imagine that these women that are now in heaven, that ministered to the Lord Jesus Christ for such a time as he was here upon the earth during those three years of ministry have a very special place in heaven. And as a matter of fact, when I read the gospels, which are all written by men, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you know, uh, one of the unique things about women is that they can, you know, like I think of my wife, I think of my daughter Annie, when I tell a story, I tell, you know, I can tell stories. I'm a, I'm a storyteller. And I will tell a story one way. And then my wife will say, yeah, but you didn't tell this. 
And she can add what I call color commentary. Things, details, you know, of the smells, of the, the clothing, of the dress, details of things that, for me, you know, I can tell something that's funny or that describe it and, and let you experience in that way. But she remembers all this other, what I call, color commentary uh, that, that kind of fills the whole thing, takes it, maybe as it were, from black and white to this full-dimensional color experience. And you laugh again, or you enjoy again the whole story from an entirely new and different perspective. I am looking forward to getting to heaven. And one of the great joys of being in heaven is we're going to get to meet the people we have read about in the Bible. How many are looking forward to that? Do you have some of your favorites picked out that you want to specifically talk to? Hey, so what about, you know, so Jonah, what was it like when you went down that belly's way? You know, the, the fish, the great fish, or whatever story that it may be. Well, I thought I would love to sit down and talk to these women, because I'm familiar as we are with the story, the miracles, the teachings, the parables of the Gospels as we know them, but to sit down and ask Mary Magdalene, or to sit down and talk to Susanna, or sit down and talk to some of these women, so what was your perspective? Tell me what it was like. What did you see? What did you feel? What was the experience? What happened to you that changed your life? That everything before you met Jesus was this way, and then everything changed. I am very, very much interested and looking forward to doing that. And I, I can only imagine that because of the way they ministered to the Lord in a way that no one else did and no one else could, and it does seem to single out the women who ministered to him in, in such a personal way, which is that, that compassionate heart, that nurturing heart, because there were women that had the ability to see this is so important. We have got to make sure that we make it possible for him to fulfill his mission. This is the Messiah. And I just am excited to think about getting to heaven and then seeing, and all of us kind of nodding our head, no wonder. They have the beautiful, special place and nearness to the Lord himself that we'll be able to enjoy. Jesus so often brings together opposites because in this group of women, when we get to heaven and meet them, you'll note some of them were those who included former demon-possessed women. Some of them were uh, the upper-class socialites or those who were in various political uh, spheres of influence or entertainment. Who knows from those days? But one of the beautiful things about Jesus, you'll find that these women were molded together after they met Jesus, total opposites before that never had anything to do with one another. From, from totally different places, totally different lives who were brought together and lived together daily and worked together daily and shared the stories and the miracles and the teachings of Jesus together daily and that were molded together as one. It's one of the beautiful things about the body of Christ, the diverse people that he brings together, often the opposites that he draws together into an interesting blend of people. And that's the body of Christ. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Pastor Ray's messages continue to reach so many people every day. And we've received encouraging comments from listeners around the country. I've listened to Pastor Ray teach about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, along with many stories from the Bible. 
I always appreciated how he taught from the Word of God and made it relatable and engaging. I'm glad that his ministry continues to Pastor Ray's family. Lots of love and hugs. And God bless always. It's so encouraging to hear how Pastor Ray's teachings have touched so many lives. If you have a message to share, you can email us, ray at raybentley.com or post a comment on our homepage, www.raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Now let's go on to the second story. And this is the main story of the night. A very uh, familiar story. I'm sure you've read it and remember it if you've read through the Gospels, the parable of the sower. Now I'm going to read verses four through 18. It's kind of a little longer section. And then we'll go back and make some points about it. But beginning in verse four. And when a great multitude had gathered and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside and it was trampled down. And the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock. And as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears, let him hear. And then Jesus goes on. So people go, wow, okay, interesting story. Famous rabbi, miracles the sower of the seed. And they walk off talking about it, not really understanding what he was talking about. Verse nine. Then his disciples asked him saying, what does this parable mean? There were others walking away asking the same thing, but in that they didn't ask Jesus, they didn't get the same answer. But he said to them, to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest, it is given in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now that is a quote actually from the Old Testament and from Isaiah. And some people think, oh wow, the Lord is being mean. He's saying that they, he's telling things so that they won't understand. What, what he's really saying is, those who really want to know and will ask and will seek and will search and will dig and take time and effort will see, hear, know, and understand. But those who just listen and go, well, what, what was that all about? Hmm. You know, shrug their shoulders and then move on with their lives, they're not gonna get anything. You have to have some desire. God wants those who seek me will find me. But you have to seek me, he said, with your whole heart. So verse 11, we read, now the parable is this. Here's the answer Jesus gave. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, they receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now, the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, 
and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Therefore, take heed how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. Now, obviously, initially, the sower is Jesus Christ, but the sower, as the gospel moves on, can mean anyone who is sharing God's word, sowing God's word, teaching the word of God, is the sower. But originally, of course, it was Christ himself. The seed is what? The word of God. Now, let me tell you this about the seed. The seed, like the word of God, which is like a seed, has life and power in it. A seed, a little tiny seed, has the power of life in it and can bring forth fruit. The word of God, the Bible, has power in it. It has life in it powerful, powerful life, and it can produce spiritual fruit. Now, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 is in your notes. And if you don't have this one highlighted in your Bible, underlined, or in some way noted, you need to do it. Okay, let's read this out loud. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God is powerful. It is hard, uh, because we are sinners and separated from God, and we're spiritually dead. Until we, we come to Christ, the seed of life is planted in us. Life has come, but it's like a little tiny seed. It needs to sprout and it needs to grow. But when it begins, it starts very small. When a seed is planted, as it were, into the ground, it first of all, it, it breaks the shell, it sends down the little taproot, and then struggling with time, it begins to stretch its way up through the earth, finally breaking through the surface of the earth and before the sun, and begins to spread, as it were, its stems and branches. And with the photosynthesis, the plant continues patiently to grow until finally at the right season, it is able to bear fruit. Same thing with the Word of God. It takes time. That's why at the end of the parable, Jesus said, who with patience, the word of God will bear fruit. It's not like a magic pill. And there are many in our culture, especially that want things instantaneously. There are a lot of, you know, get rich quick schemes or get smart quick or, you know, everybody wants everything fast. Notice that in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, it doesn't work that way. You do not become super saint overnight. Even if you have this deeply charismatic, emotional, you know, religious experience, great. God is all about experience. God made you with the capacity to experience deep, powerful sensations, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually to be touched by God. Awesome. But growth takes time. Life 
the seed of God, even God's word, to grow in your heart, to go down deep, to break through the surface of your own, you know, it's kind of like the soil and the mud of our minds, breaking through that, breaking through old patterns, old habits, old ways, it takes time. And so bless you who are in the word faithfully tonight. And daily I encourage you, read the Bible a little bit every single day. Every day is not going to be like an epiphany and a revelation, but faithfully expose your mind to the Word of God, which like a sword, and one day you will have, generally, my personal experience is, I, it's like you're going along and you're, you know, the word disciple means discipline. You do certain things out of discipline. But all of a sudden, when every day kind of seems the same, okay, I read these two chapters in the Old Testament and I read a gospel and a psalm and you're going along. And then all of a sudden, like a sword, poo, and it's like light is coming off the page. You see things. You start connecting dots, circumstances. Uh, your, your prayers begin flowing, pouring out of your heart. It's like you can't stop praying and just pouring out your heart to the Lord and crying out to him with real passion and desire and emotion and you've had a breakthrough. We grow kind of like I remember growing up physically in spurts. You don't notice it from day to day when you're a little, you know, guy and, and you can't wait till you grow and become big. And I remember I was in high school and being a freshman and being little, short of stature and seeing all the seniors that are so tall and when am I gonna grow? And, you know, kind of eating extra, working out, trying to, you know, muscle up and all this and sports. And then all of a sudden, it wasn't my freshman year, which I was like, you know, kind of uh, so conscious about it. But it was in my sophomore year when I kind of actually forgot about it. It's kind of like, well, I guess I'm going to be a shrimp for the rest of my high school life. And then all of a sudden, my high school, I'm walking across the, the uh, quad where we had lunch and I kept tripping. I kept tripping. And I go, man, mom, dad, I don't know what's going on. I'm turning into a spaz. I don't know what it is. And they, you know, talk to the doctor and the doctor starts laughing. He goes, you're growing. Your legs are growing, you know, and they do the, whoa, man, I grew like two inches. Like, you know, and, it, and there's so many months. It's like, wow, my body, my mind hadn't caught up that my legs are longer. I need to pick them up a little bit more now. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even realize it. Physically, I grew in spurts. Now, in reality, I was actually growing a little bit every day, but the growth is not always even. So also in the kingdom of God, you will grow slowly, progressively, gradually, that if you try to look from day to day or one week to the next, you can't really tell. But you look a year back or two years back, you can see growth and development. And you will have these breakthroughs. You will have growth spurts. Because the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. In other words, it, it pierces you and feeds your spirit in a way that nothing else can. Good insights on the importance of God's Word in our lives. Pastor Ray Bentley with another leg in our journey through the Gospel of Luke here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled, Open Your Heart to Jesus. 
If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge. And also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. So why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And you'll find Pastor Ray's books, including his brand new one, The Final Witness, and The Cyrus Mandate, both page-turning prophetic fiction novels in the Elijah Chronicles series. You'll see End Times Prophecy in a whole new light. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.